You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Yud Shvat, this must be Rishchad Arisa. We're a couple of days late, and that's because Rabbi Yosef Gavriel Bechofel, Goyin Bekoidav Atzmoy, was not available because he was available. I was visiting my grandchildren, my, my daughter, son-in-law, and grandchildren who live in Florida. Aha. And this marked the very first appearance of Rabbi Yosef Gavriel Bechafer in Florida, right? It was indeed. And let's see here. How, how was it? How, how did you enjoy the Sunshine State? It looks remarkably the same like the rest of America, except they have different I see. Could you be any less excited than you are? Listen, it's a nice place, but it's not that it's not the, uh, uh, it's the, uh, the, the, the weather is much nicer than here. They say, though, though that in the summer gets very, very bad. Yes, I have I, I have been through my Florida summers before and I I, I know what it's like. Um, it's true. But the flora and fauna of Florida. I uh, so you know you so I'll tell you Orlando was a little marsh like compared to the coasts uh Miami and Tampa uh, were you able to get to the water at all to the ocean at all to the no. gulf we got to Cape Canaveral but that was not uh, uh I see Museum of Illusions which is a very nice small museum went to the uh, Museum of Orange County Orange County Historical Museum which is a nice museum Went to a magic show on Sunday, Shabbos. Uh-huh. And uh, Sunday went to Cape Canaveral. Okay, so I see. So again, you didn't want to be suckered into the animatronic type of uh, amusement parks that that emphasize, you know, like Universal Studios. Or Why would want to go there? It's just it's a tremendous amount, of, a tremendous amount of wait for a ride. What's the point? Yeah, right. And yeah, I understand. It's just that once you're sort of in that environment, there's like a, a tremendous pressure in the air. You know, you get bombarded by, oh, you must see this, you must be there. And, you know, I... Fortunately, we're not bombarded by that, for Hashem. Ah, uh, yeah, of I course. Don't think the lo- I don't think the locals really go to these places. Yeah, I think that's we all. That's a phenomenon that we have here, even New Yorkers, or even I, you know, growing up in Memphis, many people ask me, have you been to Graceland? No, I, I, I've driven by there, but I've but I've never waited in line to 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 see Elvis's home. Uh, and I think a similar phenomenon occurs for people that live in these areas. I think Florida is a little bit different because of you know the the plethora of of tourists that go down there and the pressure. You know whether it's parrot jungle or uh, I, there's safaris. I mean there are things there that because of the warmth, because of the money they've invested there, that we know you know there's. Uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of millions of dollars are spent by our Unzer Felk, Unzer Hevra during these yeshiva weeks and during these breaks down in Florida. Um, and we're not even talking about what's going to happen, which is all the Pesach events and uh, what's going to happen there. I mean, so Florida really is a place that uh, tourism is king and the Yidin have helped create that tourism and also have kept, kept it going. I'm happy that you were not sucked into it. Uh, but it's interesting that you did go to the Cape Canaveral or Johnson Space Center or the the um, and I think it's I- interesting that you went, Rabbi Yosef. Um, and we're recording this on the eve. It's going to be February first in a few hours, which is of course the anniversary 
Uh, it's now going to be 20 years, um, I believe, since the uh, explosion uh, that occurred uh, as the um, as Columbia was re-entering uh, Earth's atmosphere when it um, it burnt, uh, and of course uh, it, all of the passenger, all the the crew, the astronauts, including of course the Israeli astronaut Elon Ramon, who um, brought the Sefer Torah there up into space. Um, I think he even brought Lech and Mishnah. I think on, on I think the, there was definitely some things there. And it's interesting that you know you know we don't perhaps want to look too much into it, but Feb January twenty eighth, which was the date we were supposed to um, record, had it been let's say Shabbos, was also uh, the anniversary of the Challenger um, explosion, which occurred, as people might know, as the uh, as the spacecraft was going, uh, shooting, bursting through uh, the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, the O-rings, of course, that, that did not work and there was everything. And there was another uh, event that occurred, uh, the Apollo uh, 1 astronauts on January 27th. So I think in... Uh, at in at Cape Canaveral, I think they have like a Yom Zikaron, uh sometime at the end of January to be Maskir the Mesim, and I know that they are, there's a memorial there to them. Um, I saw the uh, I saw the Challenger explode. I don't know if you remember that explosion, but I was driving by myself from Memphis to New York, and I was listening on the radio uh, to the liftoff. And when I heard that there might be an issue, I stopped the car and I ran into a diner because I was on one of the, I wasn't on the expressway. I was on Route 11, I believe, in Virginia. And I ran into a diner and I sat there with a bunch of stunned other uh, patrons of the diner and watched into the television screen where, as Challenger, uh, couldn't be seen and the explosion. Um, it was for many people uh, a, a sort of like a, a, you know, a, a an event that was defining to them in terms of what did it say. Um, we know that Judy Resnick, uh, the first Jew in space, uh, who was uh, you know she had had a, a, a she was a secular Jew, but she had had some Jewish education while she was growing up. She was very aware of the fact that who she was. Um, I don't know. I, I I think there's something here to mine about uh, about messages. Uh, again, I, I maybe it's all just weird coincidence. What do you think this means about the about going into space? I mean, you went to this to the space station. Let me ask you the question in a different way. Did you speak to your grandchildren about how important space exploration was and how it's it's something tremendous and it it shows the no. As a matter of fact, I can't wait less impressed with space or exploration from my visit to the Kennedy Space Center than I was before. There are big rockets there and fascinating uh, movies, but uh, NASA, the, the, the visitor centers is the uh, tourist trap as any other tourist trap. And uh, in our final analysis, um, uh, things which are said there, was some astronaut from one of the missions who in some video said, the, the space project takes the word impossible out of our lexicon. There is nothing which is impossible. If your, te- the, the, if your teacher says something is impossible, tell them that's not true. Everything is possible. 
which are ludicrous, uh, uh, you know, uh, platitudes. And uh, but that was the feeling, Yosef, of the 1960s. Uh, it, that it, it, that it that right, and perhaps and perhaps that was the feeling. But even then, it should not have been the feeling. It's certainly not in the midst of the Vietnam War. And uh, that the uh, now certainly we know not everything is possible. Many things, many things are impossible or improbable or not not interesting to people. And uh, in the final analysis, seeing the moon rock. That's all once before, I think, back in the Museum of Natural History many years ago, but it's a rock. So, uh, you know, my daughter stopped me out. What a waste of uh, all this money could spend a much Ex- uh, more meaningful exactly. project. Billions but, and uh, billions. So I said to her, I said that the reason we spend on the space program is because um, it, it, America's prestige is part and parcel of its superpower status in the world. And there's a prestige involved. In being uh, uh, in getting to the moon, so and so on and so forth. So from that perspective, you know, there's this um, uh, uh, pub, pub, public relations coup, which in and of itself is valuable. It projects American power, projects American uh, uh, strength, American uh, initiative, and American dreams. But that was the, the that was yes, as you put in the '60s, they were much more jaded people. And I don't think we can even speak anymore of uh, American uh, dreams, American power, American strength as a unified country. Um, the poem made the, it was a very, uh, a very um, uh, moving and tragic uh, point where they said in one of the videos that at that the day when they landed the moon, all the world was one people, one society, and everybody was watching and rooting for mankind. And uh, that was true. It was, it was a moment, but that moment has passed. No, never to be regained, never to be uh, lived again. Okay, so it would seem that your children and grandchildren who took these the great efforts to accompany you and to be with you probably got some sort of mixed message uh, about. They had fun. It's amazing. It's a tour. It's, it's a tour about theme parks. There's the NASA theme park. The few, the lines are shorter. The uh, the, the the rides are free. <laughs> they have to pay your seventy five dollar mission. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and then uh, you know. Uh, so, so what, what, let's talk about like any other theme park. What's what's the difference? I see. Look, I, I I guess what I'm trying to get at is that it's mildly the, educational. The spirit that motivated the drive for exploration. Do you, uh, Rabbi Brum, do you think there's any American spirit anymore? Do you think there's even Israeli spirit? We're John, this... we're cynical, we're sarcastic. Okay, we're we're suspicious. We're, we 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 don't believe, you know, uh, and we 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 detest, we hate. The, uh, oh, well, hang on one second. The, uh, hang on, one, hang blame, on one second. Could blame, could blame Nixon. We could blame. Uh, Vietnam, I don't know who's before. I, I guess what, I, look, what I'm trying to say is the amount of, it's not just money. The money that I didn't, was thrown, well, let me, let me just make the point. It isn't the money that went into it and it was down the toilet. The money had a place to go, which was funding scientific research and understanding of how to build a craft that would be able to escape the Earth's atmosphere, that would be able 
considering the distance and 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 every and the weight that it had to carry to be able to get itself to the moon the understanding that it took to navigate that ship the communication ability that it you needed to be able to connect people millions and millions of miles away to be able to direct them the intelligence that was necessary uh the the mathematical calculations it is a an incredible feat of human genius to it isn't just the uh, um the romantic aspect of escaping the atmosphere and being able to th- exist outside of the environs of this planet it's everything that was able to vouchsafe the successful missions. And I think that you're right. Why is it a source of American or Russian pride originally? Because it is taking human intellect and gumption and ideas and creating this possibility. You also have, I think, in terms of the astronauts, and we talk about Elon Ramon, Zachrono Avrocha, uh, uh, Judy Resnick, Zachrono Avrocha, and everyone else uh, who gave their lives, these people had to, in order to survive the flight, in order to be able to deal with the zero gravity, in order to be able to function in a such an abnormal way, they needed to be in incredibly top shape mentally and physically. And what was demanded from these astronauts was something incredible. It was a combination of grit, energy, muscles, coordination and courage that we didn't see you could you could say you see some of that on a basketball court or on a football court or for your sake a hockey uh on the hockey ice but put together with real world stakes that is what the astronauts symbolized so i can make a case for for what it represents I, I my question is on a theological one, and that's where again you know I'm sort of a a a quasi mystic. Was there were we supposed to read the message of the of the the failures of the Challenger and the Columbia as maybe a simon that this is not the Rotson of the Rebbeinu Shalom? This is you're right. You can applaud yourself and say yadi, but it really doesn't, as you said as your daughter said, it doesn't really advance the the purpose of mankind. It doesn't, maybe that type of brain and energy could have been used to solve real world problems, as opposed to trumpeting a, a victory over, over something that everyone thought was impossible. And I tell you, I felt that way when I saw the Challenger explode. And it it, it was cemented with Elon Ramon's death, because, you know, the Israelis were extremely excited over the fact that they had sent an astronaut together to work together with the world. And when Ryitzhak Sarotskin gets up there and, 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 and gave this fire and brimstone sheer about the lessons of Hurricane Sandy and how it meant that the Lakewood was hit 
more by Hurricane Sandy than any other Jewish community. It's a raya that lake, there's a kitrug on Yeshiva's Lakewood that the guys were taking off and going to weddings when they shouldn't, didn't need to, and they were being mavatal desman. And I heard him say this in front of about 2,000 people. I think Kivalevich has the right to say that the, the challenger... I agree. Yes, you, you two have the same right to say that. The, the challenger, yes, the challenger sure. explosion <laughs> is a simon that may be like he and Hashem. Okay, go ahead. I think we should put you on. I think we should put you up there with the people. Yeah, with the the Moetzes, the uh, the people. Not everyone. I don't think Rav Yitzchok's on the Moetzes yet, but we do share. No, he is. Rav Yitzchok's on the Moetzes. We share the same first name, by the way. His name is Avram Yitzchok Sorotskin, but for some reason the Avram is dropped. I'm not sure exactly why. He's named after probably after Avram Yitzchok. That's right. So I I wonder why he's called Rav Yitzchok. I don't know. Maybe he'll come on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the point is, sure. I, I, again, I love Rabbi Yitzhak by the way. He's a tremendously Gishmak person to talk to. I'm not talking about his fire and brimstone speeches. And Gvuras Yitzchak is a very nice contribution to rabbinic literature. It, I, I wouldn't say to him, like I said to you, you wrote a safer on the VM. You don't even know what a Navi is. I would not have said that to him. But he he actually did a, a lot of good work on Sifre Navium with some nice Gishmaka ors. Anyway, and Ravitzchok, again, I'm one of your fans. But anyway, but the point is to make uh, when you see something on such a large scale, there's gotta be some message. Maybe maybe you think it's it's all narish, but go ahead. Yeah, I do think it's all narish. Yeah, you know, the people the people die heroes deaths. It doesn't mean it's not wanted. Okay, but as country, if I was for the space program, I'd say the fact that there are heroes who people die, and not just the you know, the, the that was um, a, a very important uh, reason to aspire to uh, to accomplish and make their deaths meaningful. Um, you know, the, the big deals made. At the Kennedy Space Center of um, the, the astronauts of Apollo One, and how they didn't die in vain. And uh... you're right; they need to say that. But but shouldn't the message be? Look, this is extreme, them, uh, it's that, extremely so, dangerous. How many astronauts are test pilots? Test pilots are died by the droves. They're essential. You can't say that because test pilots die by the droves that therefore people shouldn't be test pilots. You need test pilots. You oh, need oh test you know what? I disagree. You could ask Akasha, why are you test pilots? Because we need to have better planes. We need to transport people. We People need to get from point A to point B. People do not need to go and explore the moon or to get to but Mars they or Venus. To, they, they, they want to go. They, oh, they want oh, to put their lives a, on the line. Uh, but just, they have the spirit of the Red Baron. They're out there to have excitement and adventure. Okay, the 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 Red Baron was the German flying ace that wanted to kill uh, all his enemies and shoot them down. Maybe you no, maybe you're thinking about yes, Snoopy. But when, when maybe Red you're thinking Baron, about Snoopy. When, when the Red Baron was shot down by his enemies, they gave him a hero's burial. The Australian, the British forces, I think the Australians technically gave him a hero's uh, 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 burial. They recognized in their adversary. This would never happen today, of course. This but chivalry. But they recognize in their adversary the same spirit which motivated other people of that ilk. Okay, and they look. admired it and they uh, honored it. So yeah. uh, in our jaded age, as I said, we have no—we would just be cynical about the whole thing, as you just were. 
and perhaps legitimately so in this case. And that, yeah, look, I, look, I would say, you know, to honor great the British, came, British respected Rommel. Yes, they did expect Rommel, and yeah. uh, and and we know that that throughout history, people have studied the tactics, the military tactics of of of, of Napoleon. They've uh, Bismarck. They have hated people have made it into military history. But the point, though, is is that war is sometimes necessary. And therefore, one can maybe learn from people who have done things in war. Is space exploration necessary? And even from halachic standard, is this something that we should even care about? The Rambam and Marinavuchim has a very interesting discussion about the Klal Yisrael and this planet being the center of the Bria. Not from a, 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 an astronomical sense, but he, quite, he talks about whether human beings have the right to say that all there really matters is God and the human beings that are here on this planet. And of course, the animal and plant life that is all interconnected. And, and the Rambam says that it's a, it's a fallacy to think that there can't be other beings. He says the fallacy to believe that all there is is just we and God, that in our limited perspective, that's all we can comprehend. But from the God's perspective, there might be. And and I've had this discussion with other people about the desire. And this is really what it's about, Yosef. It's not just about going to the moon and put and get bringing back a rock. It's about trying to discover somehow, maybe not in our lifetime, but building on the type of journeys that were were imagined eventually they would be able to find other beings the search for extraterrestrial life the search for life beyond here that that's really what i, I want to try to tease out of you and well and I, I i i it's a, i would like to respond to that it's a good question which we try and channel into uh religion and into learning with uh, somewhat mixed results which is the same spirit to climb mount everest you know, to uh, to to um, uh, go go to an Antarctica to do uh, and to do explore space, which is the spirit of soaring ambition, and a spirit of uh, soaring ambition, which is also linked to sometimes I don't know about Mount Everest, but we're going to space point Antarctica with the benefiting humanity and expanding our areas of knowledge, and that is certainly something with spirit which is we really. Uh, want human beings to have, and perhaps it's only possible to develop, to develop, cultivate, and maintain such spirit if you have such soaring, ambitious, even exposed, even though they're extremely expensive projects like the space mission. The 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 human striving, uh, uh, the human ambition, the human aspiration, the idea of reaching, uh, literally in this case, but usually figuratively for the stars, is something which is a positive. And one could argue, I'm not arguing this, you're not arguing this, we're not arguing with each other at this point, that uh, the, that, uh, the uh, money is well spent if it's going to uh, drive people to higher ambitions and to soaring aspirations. Uh, I think probably it would be better spent differently. But uh, the spirit itself is a spirit which is something which is important for human beings to possess. And again, 
this becomes more poignant and more meaningful if there are those who sacrificed in the course of that story. Right, but 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 you haven't really touched on the point about are we alone? What do you think? Uh, uh, who cares? Uh, you don't care. It doesn't mean anything. It means diddly squat to you. Very little. Yes. Okay. So, what if, does it make to you? Who cares? It is a fascinating idea that. Well, yeah, like, I assume like, there are other like entities out there. So what? Okay. If, if those entities, we're never, they're, they're, they're light years away. We're never. Wait, wait. If it, so, you so you're on record that you believe that there is uh, intelligent extraterrestrial I being say, out. I, I believe it's quite likely in the sources because I would say so. Yeah, and therefore those beings who are existing there, who have probably, would you say they have free will? I think they do. Norman Lamb says they don't. So, uh, I Kaplan, Norman Lamb, I forget. The people who are the people who are next to the rest of life are very few. I think I Kaplan and Norman Lamb are two of the two of the only here. because only uh, human beings. It sounds like could say Rabbi Kaplan was right, but he, only because our Bechira controls the universe. Not going to be any anybody else in the universe, right? That that's the Kabbalistic approach in terms well, of. I don't. I, that somehow does not resonate with you. Yeah, you know, it does not resonate. As, as much as you, you know, as much as you call about... yourself a Sadokian and a mystic and a pseudo Chassid, the idea of the Nefesh Achayim and others that that we are the 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 Merkaz Abriya and that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Shefa into the, all the Oilamas is based on the Torah mitzvahs that Klal Yisrael does, Bishvil Yisrael Shenikra Reishis, the whole Bria, you're not sure if that's true. I, I'm, I'm willing to I'm willing to, to be uh, satisfied with our solar system. But uh, the, uh, the... In other uh, words, you think Bereshis might just mean this solar system, not the whole universe. Shemayim Varetz yeah, only, yeah. mean, only means the Milky Way galaxy. Well, no, Shemayim Varetz can mean everything, but Shemayim Varetz, uh, Bracious, uh, doesn't say where Shemayim Varetz came from. Shemayim Varetz existed before Bracious. So when we say Bishvil Yisroel, it's only, it's only this solar system? It's not even... I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't concern uh, me. That's okay. What so I, I see, I believe, I believe it is a big challenge to, and I think that's why Arya Kaplan, brilliant as he was, and more brilliant than Norman Lamb was on his, on his best day. So, uh, you know, again, I, I think oh, yes, Norman, no, 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 Norman Lamb was a, was a, was a, 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 a forward looking intellectual, but you can't compare him to Arya Kaplan. No, I agree. hundred percent. Okay. So, so good. So Arya Kaplan. Well, can, missed, I, can I make one more point, please? Which is uh, that. We know it said, then I believe this Memun Shlema that it says, and that there all those worlds are out there, all those planets and all those solar systems. For the- so, so, one second, you think that Chazal means that that somehow the Tzadik is going to get into some sort of spiritual spacesuit and take a trip to planets where there's other intelligent that's those are the Shia Lomos? No, he's going he's to create, he's going to create the intelligent life there. Uh, so, so what, when, so in other words, are they, is it there yet? You, you said before. No, no, no. I, as I'm saying, it's not, I, I think that most of those planets exist for lossy level for the purpose of, um, of, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, whoever gets to that stage of Olam Wait, wait, wait. If, if you were going to use, you know, you're really conflating stuff here. Maybe you, you still have jet lag from your trip from Florida, but hang on one second. If you believe that that statistically, because of 
uh, you know, quantum physics and the possibilities that there must be you intelligence. Keep people, you keep quoting me wrong. I said, I really don't care. It makes, it makes sense, but I don't care either way. Okay, keep, but the argument for intelligent the argument for there. intelligent life okay, is that, is that statistically based on all these possibilities to think that there's only one planet in this exu- incalculable universe that can't be measured kimat and it's almost impossible to measure that there should be only one planet where life develops with an intelligent system the scientists will tell you that that statistically it's it's that is a very obtuse and wrong statement therefore they will say and i thought that's what you were saying before that there is uh there's probably is intelligent life i think there will be i don't know if there is now now you're changing it there will be no i always said that oh you did okay there will be intelligent life i don't understand it's still well listen again there might be intelligent life now according (laughs) because i'll say there definitely is going to be intelligent life when each side gets created with that world Look, whenever you're referring to the schar that I and Leira also, as we know, the language of metaphor yeah, is always there. Yeah, I think it's a metaphor. I take, I take it as literal. Boy, I, you know, you surprise me. I, I, I know, it's out of character, isn't it? Yes, yeah, very out of character. Yes. According to you... Consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. Okay, I see. I see. Well, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, all right. You know what? Why don't you have like a Roger's Thesaurus there or a Benjamin Franklin little book of actors? No, no, I like that quote. That quote is a very good quote. Uh, yeah, I know. I, yes, the hobgoblins. Look, hobgoblins, spaces. See, look, I, I, I see, I have two hats the, 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 the statistician, scientific side of me, which is very weak, I, I admit, would probably say yes, but mystically and from a Torah perspective, I it, I think it's a challenge because I'm wondering if there are beings out there and they're not given a Torah, if there's beings out there who have free will, who are going through the type of life cycle events that we have, could God have created them and not been mated to them in the same way as to us? to me that's like a stira like there cannot be this these as much as scientific statistics says there is intelligent life out there and there are beings whether they look like humanoids or not but they are thinking and living and thriving and building societies if that is true how can god not be involved with them as he is involved with us and and therefore there's only one of two possibilities. Either they don't exist. We are it, like Arya Kaplan says, like the Mukubola make us think. And, and, and Or what I would say, this is, the, maybe this is La La Land, <laughs> that there's, there's, mo- there's a tire over there for them too, right? Because how could it be that the Rabbanisham should let these beings live and not care enough about them to be connected into their lives? It's only planet Earth so I'm ready to say, as much as it it, it, it it goes against what what statisticians say, there is no other beings with souls anywhere else except on this mud ball, the third planet from the sun of the system. I'm ready to say that, and that's what I really believe. The other possibility, I think, you know, is it, it ends up 
with this weird Star Trek type of mirror universe, like that these other people have to, can you imagine there's like a Bechoffer and Kivalevich, like that are maybe lizard beings, right? You know, like, can you imagine like, who knows like what they developed from, right? Like what is the well, human- I think we're ready lizard beings. What? We're ready lizard beings. But can you imagine like, like, we're, like somehow maybe we'll get a beam in like from, from some Andromeda, from the Andromeda galaxy, like, you know, our versions of ourselves Listen, that are there. I, I enjoy science fiction just as much as the next guy, but it's a, it, there's no way of knowing why bother. It's not, you know, it's a, it, Which gets yeah. me back to the original point. I think that if all it was, was reaching Everest, or getting down to the Marinus Trench, it would not have... Getting down to the Marinus Trench, I think, actually, is, is much more worthwhile than going up in space. Right, but if... But, it's, but, not, it's not as romantic. But it's, but it's right, romantic. Why is it romantic? Not just because it's out of our atmosphere, but because it's on the cusp of something otherworldly, and maybe completely beyond our ken, where, as Spielberg understood... In his classic, really, and I, I, I recommend you to see it, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Have you seen Close Encounters of the Third yeah, Kind? It was so depressing. It was he depressing? Goes away, he goes away with the spaceship at the end, leaving his family behind. Was it depressing to hear the music of, of, of that other ship? That is one of the most... Is it? My, I have goose pimples thinking about that. Just for our listeners to understand, Spielberg, whether it was his own uh, uh, screenplay or not, whoever wrote it, the idea was that he imagined the first meeting of alien life not as aliens that like like as if H.G. Wells is uh, Martians who wanted to uh, wreak havoc and destruction, but actually were connecting to us. And the the connection that they came up with, the language they came up with, was the musical notes that they were able to somehow, uh, again, I forgot exactly how it worked that way, but somehow the message could be translated into notes of music. And that there is a scene where the people in the, I guess, the Kennedy Space Center, where you were, were sort of like figuring out what this music was, and they play it to this ship that's landed and the ship responds with a similar music that shatters the windows of the space center. Cause it's so glorious and fantastic to me. That is really, even without seeing the aliens, that moment that that possibility is there. So I understand why humanity is far by it, but, but again, I have, and that is the reason why space exploration had so much uh, romance to it. If if there if, if it would just be if they knew for sure that there's emptiness and it's just a feat of accomplishment and there's nothing to be found there, I, I assure you they would never have been able to generate the tax dollars uh, to to push this program. Just to show a big muscle against the Russians wasn't enough. I think there was this idea. And, and again, from a spiritual perspective, the, the way these tragedies occurred, that in a way we could remember, I think in a way sort of, to me, was a message to the doubters, the people who might not know. And the message, I think, was we can be Masak in this island. And maybe you're right, Rabbi Yosef. Maybe there'll be in some way, uh, <laughs> there'll be worlds created for each person. Again, I know the Lashayn is uh, the Nochash is Mafata Chava, 
according to Chazal, by saying you could be boire of Yisakilakim, boire oilamos. These oilamos are, 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 are real, but I don't believe they are planets that are somehow orbiting some other sun out there. I think these are oilamos that that are aspects of this world that in a way we are we are shut from with God in creating them. And and why three eighteen? Of course, you disagree with me. I understand that. Yes, and and I think that it's much more satisfying than to say that somehow. That's uh, your opinion. This is much more satisfying to me. Well, look, I, I you know I, sometimes I think about you know what's going to be lacher may of estrib, right? I, and I, 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 I now I see how different our visions are. I mean, neither of us are probably the tzaddikim that are going to the the the, 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 the shy I love myself anyway. But assuming... that's because you never played Sim City. <laughs> okay. Sim City was a, a computer game I was into in the nineties, and uh, it was to build alamos. What greater geschmack is there than that? Wow, you are definitely surprising our listeners today. Um, well, yes, no, I did not. The power, ultimately, the power of creativity is the greatest manifestation. Right, and 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 again, that creativity, as I as uh, you you lambasted me last week by calling me a fake masmid uh, when I said I'd rather sit in the base medrash in Tel Aviv, whenever it was. But I, I will tell you that to me, that's where the creativity is. Creativity is going to the suya again, being machadish, uh, connecting, being mavar. That's where these. The, the human creativity is, and you're right. Some of that is as complicated as a Sim City um, uh, representation. When you have to try to figure out how all all these sheets fit in, and 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 why you don't have a steer from the ratio of the seifa, and the miyashiv, the the very uh, complicated, intense binyanim of the rishonim. I mean, take a look at a tshuva from David Kalina. Of course, I don't. We don't disagree about that. That's creativity. It's creativity and, 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 on a much larger scale, though. If creativity. If we stack of rice of Bora Alma, so then obviously Bora Alma is a function of Torah. They're not, and, and, they're and, not and, disassociated and, and they're not incompatible. On the contrary, they're essential, essentially compatible, and one is the outgrowth of the other. That's right. So the Oilamos that, that the Tzaddik is being going to be no hell is really based on the Oilamos that he has built, the power of Dimion and intellect that have allowed him to really navigate. The beauty of Tyra. Yeah. So I, that's why Midos. That's why Midos also very important because if you're going to build world, you better have good Midos if you're going to instill into your uh, into your creation. Oh, uh, okay. I, I'll grant. I don't know that. How, I, I shudder to think of a brisker world. <laughs> I, I well, I I would say a little bit different. That if you don't, if if your Midos are very cold and 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 frigid, then the Tyra that you have. Is also lifeless, and also well, that's not. What, that's what that's what the best writes about Lith, Lithuanian Tyra. Yeah. Lithuania is a bleak, uh, cold country, and therefore created the cold analytical methodology of Lithuanian learning. Well, so I but, say that Rabdesen said it. Yeah, I, I agree, but I think the combination of imagination and heart, fueled by the intellect, uh, and 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 recognize that's where you have an oilum. That's why the nochash I think was able to be mafate chava. You could be boyroilamis too, and and baruch hashem we are able to do that. Sometimes even my friends, <laughs> when we get together, 
with with this podcast here, and we'll be we'll be we're going to be vite to continue on Barry Lamas. Hopefully, we'll see you Mirsha Sam next time. Take care, everybody. Pleasant journeys to whatever planets <laughs> your, your mind takes you to, and Bar do not. Joseph is not going to be. Um, hired by the any chamber of commerce i believe in florida to represent tourism there um but look you know I, at least you were able to bring i think a no, little I, bit of a, i think you're able something. go let ahead you, let me tell you something i learned in florida which is Givaldic, in the museum of illusions just there's a powerful voice museum of illusions is a half a thicker place i highly recommend it and the, the go there's also the after illusions on the walls, 3D, you know, participatory, not participatory. So there's one of them, which is a, a pic- picture of Einstein, which you can't see at first because there's so many details. And it's very hard to see even at second and third glance. So the fellow, one of the staff, said, pick up your, and that's true about other things in the museum too, but this is uh, powerful. Pick up your camera on your phone and look at the picture through the camera. And the camera sees the, through the picture of Einstein right away. And when you look at the camera, you, so you see the picture of Einstein. And he said, the, and there's Mr. Haskell of some sort, you're welcome to derive, that the brain overlooks on the details. But a camera doesn't have that. So when you look at it through the camera, you see the, 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 the illusion, or whatever you want to call it, much better than we look at it with the naked eye. Fascinating. Which I guess really indicates that as we trudge along in the world, we don't realize how clouded our vision of things are. The accumulated um, memories that we have and, and what we anticipate to be the truth is right. going to color every interaction that we have. Right. And and I think that is, as you say, that is a Musra Haskell to be able to be objective. And again, I, I bring it back to learning. I think that's part of what we need to have when we do a sugi, whether it's the first time or the 50th time, we have to be ready uh, to notice things that we didn't see before and not necessarily expect to read it based on what it's been up until now. Otherwise, we're going to miss the genius and the ilomas that we find inside. That's it, my friends. We shall, Mirzashem, as we say, happy travels. Take care, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.